Blog Talk Radio. Phoenix, I just opened the bottle. You ready to get the show started? Okay, be right there. You ready? Okay. Where are the witches witch next door? door? Hello. Hello. Just uh, um, sharing a technical. If you talk during the intro, we can hear you. Oh. Our mics are hot. Ooh. It's a hot mic. Hot mic. Hot mic. Hot mic. <laughs> anyway. I didn't realize that. I thought yeah, I have to manually mute us, and I didn't because it's like, uh, you know, 30 seconds. And yeah. yeah. Oh. So, yeah, because folks out there in Radioland, I run the board because I have done this before because I have another podcast. Leon hasn't. <laughs> He's looking at me really sassy right now. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, I'm all for transparency, <laughs> but you have to keep some mystery. Oh, I'm super transparent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, anywho. Well, hello, Phoenix. How are you doing? Fine. I'm going to spend a minute actually saying hello to you because you've literally just rushed in from running our wit shop. Uh, and so you've been very, very busy, just long enough to come home and press start on the board and... and you know, watch me set up microphones and things. Right. So how are you doing? Fine. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Great. Hey, uh, this evening we're talking about protection magic. That's that's what I hear. Yeah. 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 And, oh, technical thing. If you mess with the microphone, everyone can hear it. Ah. (laughs) Phoenix has never touched the microphone before. Oh, you know, I don't have a microphone for my other podcast. I yeah. just use my phone. Yeah, yeah. Real high tech. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, we're talking about protection magic. Yeah. Uh, which I think probably next to what love magic is probably the most common asked for magical practice. Like people ask you about protection magic more than anything else except for maybe love. People ask me more about protection magic than anything else. I think love magic is what I get hired to do more than anything else. Mm. But people don't hire me very often for protection magic. Um, you know, specific things that I'm sure we'll get into as the show goes on. Mm. I, I definitely do my fair share of, but I think um, I think people tend to do that stuff on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we encourage that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean I always encourage doing spell work and magic on your own. But sometimes, you know, you're too much in it or you're having too much stress or you're too worried or you don't believe in it. Right. <laughs> so you pay someone else to do it. Yeah. And that's where I come in. <laughs> <laughs> but uh protection magic basically what you you're agreeing that it's it's one of the most common yeah. forms of like spell work that you're either asked to do or you're asked to give advice on. Well, I think like if you look at the shop, right, at Milk and Honey, that's probably one of the main reasons people come in looking for assistance is they're looking for We get We get asked about a lot of things at the shop, but yeah. I think that that's probably the, the biggest, the number one question. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got this thing going on. Right. And I need protection. Yeah. And it really runs the gamut too. Like it's you know, sometimes we think protection, we think, oh, somebody's in a shitty situation. But we've had a lot of parents coming saying their kids are going off to college or they're going on a trip and they want to give them a stone to help them travel well. Mm-hmm. And usually when we ask about that, what what they mean is they want their kid to be safe and protected. Yeah. When they go out in the world. 
exercise I learned from one of my teachers in the reclaiming tradition, and, and I've gone on to use it when I teach in the reclaiming tradition, when I teach elements of magic. And I also use this exercise when I do my witchcraft classes. Which, I, is, not which is not reclaiming, right? Because I think that um, this exercise is a really good one for practicing exactly what you're talking about. And it's glamour magic, but it's it's also shielding magic to a certain degree. That's next on the list. Oh, sure. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's playing with your aura. So you, this is something to do with a partner. And the sending partner um, shifts their aura. So they make it covered in scales or they make it covered in um, shards of glass or they make it covered in um, I like to do like mashed potatoes or cotton candy because then you can kind of see as the sensor, as the one who's going in and feeling your partner's aura, you want to see if you can feel a difference between shards of glass and cotton candy, right? So you, you puff up your aura with one of those things, you, your partner senses that, then you shake that off and you shift into something else and your partner feels into that and then you shake that off and then switch so that you get to project and then your partner gets to um, sense if they can notice a difference. And that's like, I mean, that's what you're talking about, you know, making yourself adding armor, adding um, energetic armor or shifting your aura or shifting your energy to, to um, protect yourself. You just, don't like Oh, it. it's like, for me, it, it just smacks of new age crap. Well, we have energetic bodies. There we go. We I like that better. Yeah, we have energetic bodies. There are multiples of them, and you can call them whatever you want, but aura is a word that most people are familiar with. So mm. that's the one I use. <laughs> <laughs> On today's show, Gwion reveals all of his pet peeves. Yeah. No. Uh, so um, filling up that energetic body or uh, imagining that you're wrapped in armor or spikes, mm-hmm. or in my case, werewolf. werewolf. So, yeah. um, it's also something to be careful with. You mentioned like if you're walking in an area where you don't feel particularly safe, and I think that this is something that that women deal with a lot. You know, I don't think I've ever spoken to a woman that hasn't been nervous or felt that she was followed or walked with her keys between her fingers just in case she's got to knock somebody out if they mess with her. Um, you know, and that this is another way that you can utilize your energy centers to help right but um you also have to it's it's a fine line and i feel like i i keep running into this in my personal practice and and um the conversations i've been having about magic lately it's a fine line because sometimes you might find that that you know my so one of my exes is a very large guy And he often has people intentionally try to get up in his face because they have this weird, like, I'm going to go for the biggest guy bullshit, right? So um, he's used to people, like, getting up in his face and challenging him. It's stupid. If you make yourself too big, you might find yourself on the receiving end of that, of someone feeling into that energy and wanting to take a piece of you, you know? The other thing is, if you make yourself too invisible, <laughs> once <laughs> once uh, we were driving in a car that had expired tags and I didn't want us to get 
a friend of mine and I didn't want us to get pulled over. So I cloaked our car and I was really focused on keeping our car invisible as protection. Then the car broke down and the electrics failed. So there was no lights and we were in a black Camaro on this at night on the side of the freeway. So literally we were invisible. Like no, no one could see us to help. And this is before cell phones and things like that. So you also have to think of the unintended consequences of the work that you're doing, right. you know. Right. But I'm just going to go back because uh, one of the things, uh, again, oh, Pet here. didn't realize this was going to be the show. Oh. Huh. Um, the one where we talk about Guillaume's pet peeves, right. Um, but you gave like, 50 conditions. Don't do this. Don't do this. You can get too big. You can do this. But I think like for somebody that's never done this kind of magic, they should just try it. I mean, I get there's always things that you have to be aware of, but rather than talking about all the things that can go wrong with it, I just want to talk about like the practice of it. Yeah. You know, so again, puffing yourself up and some of that can literally be like, if you're about to make a presentation in your office or wherever you work, just like taking some breaths bringing in some confidence, preparing and understanding your stuff, believing that you are a, a complete, not a badass, mm-hmm. so that when you present the hecklers in the group, so to speak, or that negative Nelly in the office that tells you you can't do something or you shouldn't do something, like you've got your shit so together that you sort of push that away. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot that goes into to puffing yourself up, so to speak. You know, it's it's an energetic uh, exercise. It's an energetic practice, and it's also a bit psychological. Oh, you know, very it's psychological. a there's a bit of a you know when we're talking about two different things now, right? We're talking about when you're walking alone in an area where you feel unsafe, and when you're going into a situation where you have to be the boss or the the big pants. And you're, you're nervous about slings and arrows coming at you, right? So these are similar situations where you need to be puffy and bigger, uh, but the implications, the dangers are vastly different. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So that impacts it, too. The psychology of walking into a business situation where you need to be the badass is a little bit different than the psychology of um, nighttime safety. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, of course. But it is, those two things go hand in hand and you, it's a little bit, did I already say this? It's a little bit of fake it till you make it. You didn't, but. Yeah. It's a little, um, when you need to puff up and there's so much, um, uh, imposter syndrome stuff. Like, I feel like that's become a new thing that everyone's talking about. It's not a new thing, but it's everyone's been talking about it. The way to deal with imposter syndrome is just to go, okay, well, so I'm a fake. I'm going to fake it real good. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and just keep faking it until you start to internalize it and believe it. Right. That's the psychological part of it. Yeah. But I do think, I mean, there's a real magical component to that, right? Like if you think about one of the definitions of magic, probably the most common definition of magic is changing consciousness at will. Yeah. Right. Well, imagining that you belong in a, a place whether that's, you know, the mean streets or whether that's, uh, again, the office presentation or, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But if you, if you believe that you belong there mm-hmm. or that you have a right to exist or that you're a werewolf, yeah. you know, whatever it is, absolutely. like that is, um, uh, that is changing your consciousness at yes. will. I belong here. I'm going to say the thing. 
I will be protected because I've got sharp claws and bitey teeth. Yep. Um, that is changing consciousness at will. Yep. Which is the definition of not the only definition. It's but a popular is, definition. Is a, yeah, a very yeah. popular definition of magic. Absolutely. So um, glamour magic can also include things like makeup and clothing and things like that. So how would you use those um, for protection magic? I'm just curious. You mean makeup and clothes? Yeah. Uh, or, well, or other things associated with glamour. Yeah, I like think... Uh, that, glamour, not, you know... ...to that psychological part of it, of the of, of protection magic, you know, because it's you, the old saying, you, you dress for the job you want, not the job you have, you know? Um, so, like, that's why I would dress up like Maleficent, right? That's the job that I want, not the job that I have. <laughs> you want to be Melissa? I think that'd be pretty cool. That's pretty good. She's yeah. got a cool outfit, and she's badass. It's very true. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um. Anywho, but you know, it's, it's something like that. It's armor. It's putting on the right war paint. It's putting on the right um, tools so that it shifts your psychological standpoint which shifts your energetic standpoint you know all of our physical body our etheric or spirit body and our our psychological bodies right they're all so interrelated and they impact each other so changing one changes the others you know what about jewelry well jewelry can imbue like i wear a black tourmaline necklace every day not every day days where i am dealing with other people or I have to leave the house. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm not going nowhere, so I don't bother putting it on. <laughs> um, but, you know, black tourmaline is a protective stone. Uh, I, I pray over it, do witchcraft over it, talk to it, however you want to describe that stuff um, to keep it as a protective amulet. I anoint it with protective oil. You know, I do all the things so that it, it stays strong as a um, amulet. Uh, and so that's the best way to, to utilize jewelry is to have a specific piece. I mean, for protection, right? We're focusing on protection. Um, you know, you can do this for any type of spell work or energetic thing you want to do. But for protection, it's good to have a thing that, you know, when I put this on, it's already imbued with protective energy. And it's kind of like putting on a cloak or a coat of armor or something. And, you know, you don't have to lace yourself into to giant plates of armor you just right. put on the necklace or the ring or the the whatever yeah and it does the same i'm thinking as well like oils right so if you've got a particular oil that you like that you've made or you you know mm-hmm. a scent of, of some sort you can anoint your your palms or the bottom of your shoes mm-hmm. or you know whatever part of you again so that 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 smell reminds you of confidence or the, the magical properties of that particular right. oil or uh, essential oil, whatever it is. Right. They also radiate that energetic. Uh, that energetic. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, this is just basic magical principle 101, but, you know, everything vibrates, everything has an, an energy. And the more you can use objects like black tourmaline or oils, uh, you know, specific essential oils or blends that are all, created by practitioners or by yourself that are in alignment with protection the more you put all of these things together the more it's going to create that energetic thrum 
in and around you and help to keep you protected. Yeah. 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 And we make an oil fire. We make a fiery wall of protection oil at milk and honey. And it's, um, it's one of the more intense ones because it has red pepper in it. So it's not something that's necessarily, um, you know, uh, it can be a little irritating, you know, it's not something I suggest people put on their body, yeah. but it is definitely something to put on jewelry or clothing items or objects that you want to keep protected. Yeah. Interestingly enough, you mentioned fiery wall of protection. Yeah. Leads me right into the next kind of magic. Well, what do you know? I didn't even see your notes. Magic. Um, so I'm sort of generally calling this uh boundary magic okay. or wards and windows, right? Mm-hmm. Like putting up, uh, well, like a fiery wall of protection. Mm-hmm. So talk about that kind of magic for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just sit here and listen to you because you're brilliant. Um, no, but think about like there's, there's, let's imagine our home, right? Mm-hmm. So if you were going to do protection magic for our home, not because it's a home in a dangerous neighborhood or or that, but just sort of general, you know, let's let in what needs to be here and, and keep out what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right. So again, we're not talking about a dire situation, although, you know, some situations are like that and you have to do more intense magic for that. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, how would you go about protecting uh, a home, you know, apartment place you live? Yeah. What kind of magic? Well, I always like to start with cleansing you do cleansing a lot as the beginning to really any magic. anything, yeah. Yeah. Why yeah. is that? Because it's good to start with a neutral base, you know. So yeah. you don't know. I mean, if if you've been living in your house for four hundred years, and you know, then then you know what's been going on. Yeah. But you still you collect gunk out in the world, and yeah. your you know aura. <laughs> so uh, you know it's good for you to cleanse, and you might also off some of that junk off in your home or you might have gotten in a fight with your partner or maybe your your kid had a real rough childhood and their bedroom is a kind of a chaotic room to walk into or or maybe grandma died in the kitchen you know so you don't there's all kinds of energies and the more you cleanse it just kind of gets that the yuck out of your space so I always start with with cleansing just to be clear neither of our grandmothers have, have died in the kitchen uh, I'm just saying that not because I our do, kitchen. I mean, because I do a lot of food magic. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it, my grandma died in her kitchen, <laughs> but I don't actually know where she died. It's a bit of a tangent. I do know I have an ancestor mm. who died in a terrible fire in her kitchen. Wow. Thanks for invoking that. I'm not invoking that. It's an ancestor. <laughs> I, just, I found a newspaper article about it when I was doing my research because I have a one very weird line. <laughs> I have one very weird line, and it's that line. That's where you get it from. I guess. Yeah. Anywho, what are we talking about? Cleansing. The house, yeah. Yeah, so then once you've done the cleansing, then I, I'm a big fan of wards, of, of creating wards. What's a ward? It is, well, it's um, it's like, um, how do I want to describe this? You know, in a submarine, when you close the door and it's got like a pressure lock, mm-hmm. that's what I think of as a ward. Mm. It's creating a pressure lock on, on the por- the areas that are porous in your home. So oh. porous areas are doors and windows, obvs, but also fireplaces and electrical sockets toilets. and toilets and faucets and mirrors, anything where there, it's considered a liminal space. So something that moves 
from here to there, or it's got an opening from yeah. here to there. Even if that, like physically here to there, like a door, yep. but also like a mirror. Yeah. Is, you it's know, a, a mirror is a portal. Right. So you right. want to clean those bad boys up. Um, you know, so warding, the way I do warding, and, and I'm sure there's lots of other ways to do it. I'm sure someone's going to be like, that's not warding. But the way I do warding <laughs> Is I use, they can get their own show. <laughs> yeah. I like sigils, right? So oh. a sigil is just a magical symbol of energy. So you can write a sentence and condense that down into one symbol. The symbol then contains the energy of the sentence, right? Sure. So um, I like sigils, and that's I, I do a cleanse, and then I take something, a, a wand or my athame, or even a chunk of black tourmaline or something. And I energetically draw wards on all those portals. I, and it, so it can be a long process because if you think of every light switch and every electrical socket and television screens, you know, it's, it's, it takes time to do all of that. I also like to pay attention to the very center of the house, which in our house is like in, next to like a little mini hallway that leads to a bathroom. It's not, it's not a, um, an easy area. It's like I could leave something there, you right. know, like if you have, if the center of your home is an easy place where you could put a plant or a crystal or a bit of selenite, that's great. Well, you can't do that where it is in our house. So I like to do a little extra warding there. Um, and in the corners, right? Cause the corners in the center is where energies will pool sometimes. Um, yeah, there's something else I was going to say about sigils and warding. Oh, a, a, um, warding, you don't have to create a sigil or go find a sigil or use some, you know, ceremonial magician's sigil for protection. You can also use a pentacle or a pentagram. You can use any, um, a, the, a cross, you know, for folks who have um, belief in the in the sign of the cross you having put, energy. Put, uh, candles with pictures of saints. Yeah. In the corners. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, that's kind of the next step, right? But I'm right. thinking specifically for warding. You can use your astrological symbol as your as your ward or your sigil. But then exactly what you're saying is for me, the next step, I do the energetic boundary and then I create physical boundaries. So, for example, in, in our house, every windowsill has a ward, a physical ward. Um, I don't necessarily want it. Say what it is. Say well, there. The, every window has something different, so I guess it doesn't really matter. I can talk about generics. Um, but yeah, if candles in the corners, if you can, selenite or something in the center of your home, something in all the window sills and window ledges. You know, having little um, something at your front door. Yeah. There's also what are those things called? It, they're it's a Chinese. Um, protection thing. I can't remember what they're called. It'll come to me probably after the radio show, but there's a convex and a concave mirror and one goes, one faces outside and one faces inside. And the one uh, rejects or pushes away negative energy, the the convex, and then the concave holds all the positive energy in your home Hmm. uh, and they work um, together. You you have to have both of them. So around our uh, house, um, in certain spots, mm-hmm. we have um, items yep. that are also used as uh, wards. They're sort of protective gateways. Like I look at them as uh, fence posts, if you will, mm-hmm. 
that the ordinary person might not necessarily see, but every time I see them when I walk out into the backyard or through the front, I think about those particular items. Um, I, I also think, and this doesn't necessarily play into our home today, but in years past, we've had a big black dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now she, we have a little black dog. we have dog. a little, right. <laughs> but she had a big bark. She looked or sounded ferocious. Mm-hmm. She wasn't. She was a big sweetheart. <laughs> but she was very protective. And, I mean, having um, a magical pet because you know we loved her she was part of our magical family but she was uh, um, also a a measure of protection Mm -hmm. right because she if somebody did come to the door she had a you know a big deep woof and yeah you know she was an imposing looking dog yeah and and I think about that like that um, why I wouldn't buy a dog just for that reason or adopt a dog just for that reason. But she was a presence. Her presence added to the protective magic that we had. For in sure. The house. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, other kinds of sort of boundary magic that mm-hmm. I was thinking about, because that often goes with protection. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about things like these are very common I think commonly known magical symbols. Mm-hmm. So um, at our front door, we have, there are different names for these, but we have a hand of Fatima mm-hmm. or a Hamsa hand. Right. Um, a lot of folks have the evil eye mm-hmm. amulets, yep. which is a series typically of blue and white s- circles. Right. Um, kind of looks like a bullseye, but it's all blue and white. Yeah. Those often hang near a door um, or they can be on a keychain or, you know, places like that. Um, so uh, rune, uh, like drawings of runes mm-hmm. or actual runes can go by the front door. Right. Bind and runes. Bind runes. Mm-hmm. Are things like um, a witch's ladder. Right. Right. Which is a, a string or a rope with a series of stones and feathers and maybe charms and bits, charms and bits that you can hang Witches love their charms and bits. We do love our bits. (laughs) We're always doing bits. So, uh, yeah. So what are some of those sort of crafted items that you can think of? And how do you use them? Right. 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 Well, um, I mentioned stones already. I'm a big fan of stones for um, creating boundaries, you know, black tourmaline, quartz, that kind of stuff. If for, for more of like a peaceful vibe in the home, it's good to have some selenite hanging around. You can also do uh, railroad ties in the corners of your house. Railroad ties. Yeah. What, what's that? A railroad tie. It's like a giant spike. Yeah. You know, the railroad spikes. Um, and this is especially helpful if you uh, are a renter and don't want to be kicked out of your rental, or if you're a homeowner and you want to just, you know, energetically nail down your house. Mm. You nail railroad spikes in the four corners. That's the sympathetic magic. It's literally nailing Lying yourself. Put. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Or urinating peeing in the in the boundaries of not in your home unless you know it's in the toilet or whatever i mean do what you got to do but peeing in the corners of your property 
um, the you know the boundaries or the the corners of your actual house outside. Quite literally putting your stink on the yeah. place. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's another good way to sort of mark your territory. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I frequently do and update and um, and I've shared this many times in multiple platforms, so I don't feel like I'm giving away too much. And the, and this is not a um, spell of my making. I got this from Charles Porterfield, Professor Charles Porterfield, who is a hoodoo worker and a dear friend. And um, this is a hoodoo protection charm, but you use foil and Vicks Vapor Rub. Really? Yeah. So you take the... So eucalyptus. Right. Or yeah. menthol. Men, yeah, men, yeah. It's a camphor. Yeah. Yeah. Camphor is good for protection. So you put a dab, a big dollop of Vapor Rub in a square of um, foil on the on the, the dull side of foil. Mm. And then you fold it up into a little packet. And then you can put that in your, the corners of your home, in your windowsills, in your purse, in your pocket, wherever you might be, in your car anywhere you need protection then when you notice it gets dull when the shiny the shiny side should be on the outside right there's kind of that mirror magic you know sending negative away it bounces off Uh, when the shiny side starts to dull you need to replace the packet you need to redo it because it either has faded or it took a hit quote unquote right it took it took a hit for you so you need to replace it oh you got a new kitten in the house who decided that shiny it. little things were fun to knock off of the places they were protecting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even the kitten's name is Spike. So he's like our own mobile railroad Spike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what about things like cuscaria or salt? Oh, yeah, yeah. Salt is. Uh, so here's the thing. Someone, I just saw something today, I think, on social media where someone was like, don't salt the earth. Don't make lines of salt in your soil. Blah blah. It's yes, it's absolutely true. Salt is not good for the earth. If you put salt, I would disagree with that because it comes from the earth. Yes, yes, yes. It's not good for gardens. Right. Right. It's not good for growing things. Right. If you have a garden and you are like, I want to protect my garden, I'm going to sprinkle it with salt. Well, you're going to kill everything. Right. Right. Epsom salt is different. Mm. Epsom salt can be used as a type of fertilizer. So. Just know that. But yeah, black salt, blessed salt, which is kosher salt, really. Um, which is salt. Right. Um, Coscadia, these are all things. Coscadia is um, eggshell chalk, basically. It's eggshells that have been powdered and then um, together to make a, a chalk. And then you can use that to draw boundaries or draw symbols on your home or on your doorstep. Uh, you can also put it on the cubicle at work. Yeah, or all all that. Stay, same with the salts. You can also use red brick dust. You you know get an old brick and rub it across your landing uh, as protection. And and all of these things like the salt boundary at your front door, Cascadia, red brick dust, all of that boundary stuff at your front door or at your office door or whatever, is to keep out the riffraff. So if someone comes to your door that means you harm, they can't. They won't come in. You know, like, for example, we had a party and I invited all my coworkers. This is a few years ago, but there was one coworker I wasn't going to invite because I don't like them, didn't like them. I don't trust them, still don't trust them. Uh, and I did not want them in my home. Word got out and other coworkers told this coworker about this party. So I beefed up all my protections 
lo and behold, last minute, oh, I'm not going to make it to your party. I'm so sorry. And I was like, yes, because I didn't want that person crossing my threshold. Yeah. Right. So doing things like that, they create a boundary. So those who mean you harm can't come in. Yeah. Uh, you can also, if you have a wood burning stove and it's fine to burn wood where you are, you can also put um, paper charms and other things like that, right, into the fireplace and mm-hmm. burn them, burn the spell or or whatever it is that you you've carved a sigil on a piece of wood and sort of burn it so it it floats up through the house as well mm-hmm. and sort of protects the the, the dome, if you will, around right. the house. Yeah, and that's that's actually a really brilliant point. Is you know we often think of um, you know, the, the walls and the sides of the house, but there's also a roof and there's underneath your home. And, you know, just like we cast magical circles when we perform rituals, think of your home as more than just the like two dimensions, which is, that's not the right word, but I think you get what I mean. Think about the above and the below as well, yeah. you know, like, um, I think a lot of people, when they cast a circle, imagine like a hula hoop rather than a, a bubble. beach ball or yeah. a bubble. Yeah. yeah. Think yeah. when you do protection work for, for a car, for a human, for a home, really do consider that bubble so that they're surrounded and it's not just, you know, around the edges or the sides. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. So you mentioned uh, mirror work. And I think this is one of my favorite pieces of magic in general, but I don't really like reflective magic mm-hmm. right magic that this is one of those blessing curses yeah yeah it is right <laughs> you know but it's you know it's the old what, what's the child's you know roses are red violets are i'm blue. rubber and you're yeah, blue yeah, whatever you say bounces off. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> you're bringing back all my childhood trauma uh that is um i mean that really is a little spell isn't yeah absolutely it? so it's absolutely a spell and really a mirror box is nothing more than that saying mm-hmm. i am rubber you are glue bounces off of me and sticks on you mm-hmm. that's really what a mirror box is like in its absolutely right you can zhuzh it up and make it appear a bit more fancy but really it's this reflective thing mm-hmm. um and i love this idea of reflective magic um, and, and even though it's not quite really reflective, I like the idea of um, hanging blue bottles in a tree. Yeah. For me, that's um, similar. Yeah. Right? It's that same idea that you've got sort of this glassy reflective surface that's catching the shade right. as it comes in. And although well, we won't discuss this in general because I think it would be culturally appropriative what most people attribute to um, dream catchers, right? In many of the Native American traditions, First mm-hmm. Nations traditions, it's the same kind of thing. Like it's that the web and the feathers distract or catch. Um, they catch the bad dreams. The bad dreams, mm-hmm. right? So talk a little bit about reflective <laughs> magic. Talk a little boxes. about it. Yeah. Uh, I like mirror boxes. <laughs> They're uh, fun and easy to do. Yeah. Well, I, I guess um, that earlier when I said that, you know, I don't get hired to do a lot of protective magic mirror boxes is the one thing that I do a fair bit of. I like them because a lot of times people think someone's doing negative work against them 
and they're not. Most of the time, someone who feels like they're cursed or have some sort of negative situation going on, it's self-fulfilling prophecy. Not always, but most of the time. So with a mirror box, it's kind of like your safest reversing magic, you know, because if someone is safest reversing magic. Yeah. Is there unsafe reversing magic? Well, I mean, reversing magic is a if someone is cursing you. Yeah. Reversing magic is a little bit of a curse. Well, it's a lot of a curse. Because you're sending, you're re, you're releasing it from yourself, and mm-hmm. you're sending it back. Yeah. Return to sender. Address unknown. Yeah. No such number. No such zone. Really. Yeah. Quote in song well, Elvis. Yeah. From, yeah. That was Elvis. Nice. Um. So. If you have feelings about cursing, you might not want to do reversing magic, mm, I right? Gotcha. Right. Now, I don't have any issues with reversing magic. I feel if someone's got the cojones to send me negative energy, then they should have the cojones to take that right back and eat what they've cooked. You know, I, I don't have any problems with reversing magic, but sometimes I have. <laughs> I just I love the mixed metaphor. <laughs> If you've got cojones, cojones, you should eat what you eat your cojones. <laughs> and that's exactly what I mean. If yeah, you're yeah. doing work against me, that's, that's right. That's how I feel about it. Anyway, um, but sometimes clients are very insistent, or you might be very insistent that you know Fred is. I know Fred's doing work against me. I just know it. I just know it. And, and when you say work, you mean magic. Yeah, do yeah. casting spells against me or cursing me or whatever. So put him in a mirror box. Then if he's not. If it's just you being a nutbag or or projecting or filled with fear. Cajones and nutbags. <laughs> if you're just filled with fear about Fred doing something against you, then fine. Nothing bad's going to happen. You, you're not actively cursing that person. Mm. You're just sending their energy back to them. So if Fred sits at home and wishes you love, then Fred's going to receive that back too. You know, So that's why I like mirror boxes because it is about um, that Giving what's give, giving back yeah. what's given. Yeah, although I mean, as far as I work and and my, my little world, you do mirror boxes on particular people. It's not like you're doing. So that's also a thing, you know. When it comes to spell work, you need to understand your personal ethics and what you feel comfortable with, because some witches don't feel like doing work on other people without their permission in any way, shape, or form is ethical. I'm not one of those witches. Right. But you need to know what your own personal ethics well, are. Well, I think a lot of people, I would never curse anybody. I would never hex anybody. And I'm one of those witches that believes, you know, that not all magic, in fact, I would say the majority of magic is not about personal manifestation. I mean, that's a big part of it. Yeah. But I think an awful lot of magic is about keep your hands off of my shit. <laughs> or I'm going to get you back for putting your hands on my shit. Sure. And I, I mean, that's just real. Yeah. Um, you know, if you go back and you look at the wise folk and the cunning folk and the, the various magical workers in various traditions, um, uh, going back into, you know, into the ancients, however oh, yeah. far back you think that might be, um, you know, the the witch or the, 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 the magic worker of that particular mm-hmm. town or place, they were doing magic to protect the cattle or protect the crops and sometimes they were doing that magic to protect them from the people in the other valley well if you look at cursing tablets 
right? Yeah. Like even in ancient Rome and the ancient Celts, <laughs> like you can go to places where they've uncovered um, sacred sites where people go and like, I, I can't remember the specific story, so I'm going to jack this up, but one of these cursing places or, or spell places, a, a sacred site, like Susie went and was, and said, I want you to, dear gods, please kill Mary. She stole my husband. And then they, right next to this curse, they found one from Mary that was like, dear gods, please kill Susie. I want to marry her husband. Right. <laughs> right. So yeah. I mean, people have been petitioning the gods to curse other people since we have recorded history probably longer. I think one of the places you're thinking of is Bath in England. There were petitions thrown into the well. They're everywhere. They were exactly yeah. Anywhere, anywhere where people were worshipping the old gods, you will find them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's not just like, heal my cattle and let us win the war. It's and love and light. Yeah, it's, it's curse a, my neighbor because he cut down yeah. my tree. Mike's a dick. Make yeah. his dick fall off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, it's everywhere. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean you need to do that. Right. As a magical practitioner. Right. But as a human being, we've been doing yeah. it for a very long time. That's why I, I have a hard time. You have a hard time with ethics? No, no. I have a hard time with ethics being a one. Uh, I think that's way too black and white, and that's just not how the world works. It's, yeah. it's too fuzzy and gray. So you have to determine what feels your personal ethical boundaries are. Right. Because, I mean, I could do a particular piece of protection magic that was particularly baneful against another person. Mm-hmm. But if that person is a horrible human being that means my family harm, mm-hmm. I want them to walk, if they're going to come up to my front door, I want them to walk on their hands and knees through glass and fire and right. stones and pestilence. And right. Well, and you just things. said a very interesting thing. They're a terrible human being. Well, terrible according to who? To me. Right. right, right, you know? right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a very complicated conversation. Right. But that's why I think that whole thing about I, I wouldn't hex, I think a lot of people do. And I think spells like binding spells, which could be a protective spell. If you're binding someone mm-hmm. from having access to you, if you're binding or restricting their movement so they mm-hmm. don't come near you, which is really good magic to do yeah. in certain situations. I had someone say to me that they don't do binding spells because it binds you to the person being bound. Mm. And I can see that, but that is not my experience. Right, right. So anyway, back to protection magic. Um, So uh, I'm just going to name this. Mm. We won't go into details. Okay. But uh, you and I had a situation mm-hmm. several years ago where we had a stalker mm-hmm. and uh, we did some protection magic. And mm-hmm. there's one particular piece of protection magic that I won't mention here because we're still doing yeah. it actively. Mm-hmm. But um, what kinds of things, like if you had a stalker, what are the kinds of things that you would do? I know what we did. Uh, you know, so and maybe stalker is not the right example, but if you had someone that really meant you harm, yeah. a call whatever authorities or neighbors yeah, yeah, yeah. or real world things like restraining orders that you can yeah. do. Like that's there's also a magic in that, and I'm just going to say this: a restraining order, while by no means, you know, the the it's not like wrapping it yourself up do a lot, yeah, behind a wall, 
But magic, we know, (laughs) right? Magically speaking, if you think about what is a spell or an enchantment or or a a petition, it's the written word Mm -hmm. that carries meaning greater than just squiggles on a paper, right? A restraining words on a piece of paper that carry the authority or the threat or the legal ramification right. if that little piece of paper is, if the line is crossed. Right. So taking out a restraining order, again, if that was your situation, is a magical act, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, you can look at it that way. Sure. I know I certainly did Sure. when we filled our house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not ours from each other, from our stalker. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think in situations where there is someone wanted, who's some, you know, who, whose attentions are unwanted, mm-hmm. a freezer spell is a good way to do that. Uh, you know, you don't have to do anything long and elaborate, although sometimes these situations call for long and elaborate, but just writing their name on a piece of paper, um, you know, nine times. And then covering that name with uh, go away, move, get the fuck out, Writing whatever. Right yeah. And just, you know, and, and letting some of your, this is not a time to feel the fear. This is a time to feel your anger and aggression on person needs to leave me the hell alone. Right. Yeah. And so as you write over their name, you know, you write their name nine times in a row on top of each other. Right. So you like, know, like a column. It? Oh, like a column. You write their name like a column. And then over that column of names, you write all those words, go away. Fuck off. Yeah. Right. And don't say, leave me alone. Say, go away. Right? right. You want Because really... leave me alone means they're still around yeah. you. Yeah. Right. You want to keep yourself out of it. Right? Yeah. And then you, you can add herbs to that piece of paper, um, uh, like poppy seeds or red pepper flakes or whatever, and fold it up, put it in a... If you know they've got an allergy to peanut butter. Sure. Put peanut butter yeah, on. absolutely. Right. Yeah. Fold it up, put it in a container, fill that container with water, put it in the freezer and leave it. Yeah. Yeah. Lemon is sometimes good too, because it can, lemon can help clear attachment. So if it's someone that you've had like a romantic relationship with where you've been physically intimate, sometimes you may have hooks in each other and again, yeah. or, uh, <laughs> or energetic hooks in each other. You need to clear those too. So you may have to do some cutting or, uh, uh, releasing of those hooks and lemon is often a good way to kind of seal up yeah. those things. Uh, and also, because like, this is how I think, if I had a cut and I poured lemon juice on it, you mm-hmm. know, it would sting. Right. So I quite like the idea of taking their picture, writing their name on it nine times, um, writing fuck off, mm-hmm. go away, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and then putting lemon juice on it. Not mm-hmm. to clear it, but to make it sting. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, right? lemon is going to sting because of the acidity, yeah. but it it also helps cleanse yeah, yeah. too, right? Yeah. So you know, think of all the layers of what that potentially does. You know, poppy seeds in spells create confusion. Red pepper flakes heat things up, and usually it's used in like hot foot or or spells to cast people away. Yeah. Yeah. But it can also be used as a, um, in a protection spell. Think of the two sides of the coin when you add things to your spell, you know, peppermint helps your stomach feel better if you have a stomach ache, but if you have too much, it will make you have a stomach ache. Right. So think of the, think of both sides of the coin when you start to incorporate things into a working. And then, like you said, 
stick it in a cup or a jar or a bag or whatever it is and stick it in the freezer and literally Leave put it. them on ice. Yeah, and for and then forget about it, yeah, right? Don't ever touch it again. Yeah. Yeah. Just let it rot in your freezer for the rest of eternity. Yeah. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So that's a good piece of magic. I wanted to go back to mirror boxes for a second, though. Yeah. Because if you do decide to put someone in a mirror box, you you need to create a a doll baby or a puppet that represents that person, and then put that in the mirror box, and then you need to bury it. You don't keep that in your house. Oh, so you don't take a mirror box and stick it on the mantelpiece no. and look at it and go, oh, what a lovely box. No, you don't keep peeking in to see how it looks in there. Mm. You have to bury it, and the best best grave to pick is a retired police officer or a army soldier or someone who uh, was in a position of, of authority. Your Uncle Mike, who was a security guard. Whatever. Right. But you also have to ask the permission of that grave if they will keep an eye on that situation for you. Yeah. So. Yeah. We, Oh, I'm just laughing because the time we were at the cemetery with the gazelles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We were at a cemetery and there were these <laughs> group burying of, a mirror box. Burying a mirror box in an old soldier's grave. It's a soldier. It's actually a soldier that I have buried multiple <laughs> mirror boxes at because we have a good relationship. Right. But while we were there, a group of about 40, 15 year olds who were running cross country were from high school were yeah, running, running, running through. through and wondering why we were. Uh, digging around the grave. Well, every, so there's a, uh, they were all long, lean, young men, and I kept referring to them as gazelles, and they because they looked like gazelles running through the like cemetery. Gazelles. But they were lap, doing laps, so they would run past. Uh, I would have a spoon I use when I go when I dig at the cemetery, so I took my spoon out and I dig real fast, and then Guion goes, "The gazelles are coming," so I stop and I put my spoon down and I just sit. And waiting for them to pass. Like we were just casually hanging out yeah. by a grave. Yeah. 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 And don't desecrate a grave. Like you don't no, actually no, dig no. up the actual grave. No, no. It's just enough to put the mirror box in. Yeah. You're not digging the body up or anything. Yeah. I mean, not this week. Yeah. But you also have to pay the the owner of said grave. Yeah. You know, it's customary to give them a coin. Yeah. You put it in the, um, their right hand where their right hand would be. Yeah. Um, or on the headstone, depending on your superstitions. And beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Beliefs, superstitions. Eh. Tomato, tomato. tomato. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. Uh, speaking of tomatoes and tomatoes, I also put food magic down on my list. What? I know, right? You think I'd mention that. Um, food and herbs, right? So you've mentioned before. Herbs? Yeah, herbs. What's a herb? Isn't that a dude's name? By the name of Herb, Herb in your window and in, in your chicken soup. I think you mean herbs. No, I mean herbs. There's a, there's a H. A H. <laughs> uh, so you've mentioned uh, herbs yeah. and and uh, oils and whatnot, and mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, for most people, those live in the kitchen or in the garden or whatnot. Um, and I do think that you know there is a level of protection magic that I like to do. Um, good health is protection. Mm-hmm. So if you're as best as you are able, if you are eating well, if you eat foods from lots of different color groups, um, if you put in nutritious herbs and, and ingredients into what you eat, that can be a level of personal protection. 
Um, you can also do things. My grandmother used to do this. She used to put lavender bunches uh, in the windows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why she would do this. I, I, well, I do know. Um, it, it's an old French custom. My grandmother was not French. Um, but I think she got this from her husband who, you know, our family were travelers, um, still are travelers. And so um, I think this may have come from the continent, as we would say in England. Uh, but uh, she would always put lavender in the windows and the the tail over this is it would stop scorpions coming through the windows. There are a lot of scorpions in London? No. In France, apparently, though, the south of France, scorpions hmm. are common enough Weird. but you would put um and I, that probably dates back to roman times if, right. if i think about it but well, if, you, if you think about what a you know a scorpion could potentially represent to you yeah know, yeah someone who means you harm or right poisonous right so you put lavender in your window because apparently the oils and the scents from that yeah. would deter scorpions and i sort of consider that food magic as well right mm-hmm. um uh there are other food magics that I think you can do. Again, um, if you don't want somebody to come back to your house, <laughs> when you make them... give them food poisoning, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> upset the stomach. Hey, look, I'm not above, you know. <laughs> now that's uh, talking about actual poison. <laughs> it's not poison. It's not going to kill anybody, but it does upset their stomach. Maybe they don't come back. Mm. Um, there you go. The chapter <laughs> I didn't write in the book, how to poison people. But listeners, you'll be getting an email invitation from us <laughs> to come over for tea. You might want to reconsider. That's accepting. right. Just if you want to have a cup of tea at my house, just make sure you haven't pissed me off beforehand because you might end up with the shit. <laughs> But the reality of it is, I'm you not can't letting you make me tea ever again. Wow, what can I tell that you? Explains a lot. Could you never know? A little bit of arsenic every day, and your powdered <laughs> sugar. <laughs> what was that book? Flowers in the attic. Arsenic and old lace. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, flowers in the attic. Yeah, flowers in the attic. They had the, their little food that they I would actually, eat every day. I, yeah, I actually never read those books. Well, I was not one of those kids. Well, I was already reading Stephen King. I was a twelve-year-old girl at one point. Yeah. No, that's not. Well, sure, every girl did, but I was I went straight from Sweet Valley High to Stephen King, so Which that is, says a lot about me. And that has to do with protection magic. You brought up flowers <laughs> in the attic. <laughs> I brought up arsenic in your food. I mean, not in your food, not really, not really. I mean, not often. Never no, do that. Well, no, poisoning is a woman's. Thing. That's what they say. Yeah. So you'd least expect it from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, food magic. I think as a strengthener of your own fortitude, eating mm-hmm. foods that are uh, good for you or have protective characteristics, mm-hmm. right? Um, so there's different foods. Uh, black pepper is a really good uh, protective um, uh, spice that you can use. I love black pepper. I know. It's good. So, and things that, you know, fortify your system. Right. You know, good chicken soup or good chicken stock from time to time. And mm-hmm. if you're a cinnamon, cinnamon, cinnamon's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, I also think this is getting a bit broadly esoteric, but I also think eating locally 
um, because you are protecting the local food chains, which, as we've all seen in the times of COVID, can get interrupted. <laughs> in the times of COVID. In the times of COVID, can get really interrupted. Yeah. So if you eat locally, again, if you're able to buy right. from a CSA or a local meat vendor or... or if, you, if you're able to. Yeah, yeah like if you've got the... Can. Right, if you've got the wherewithal to do those things. Well, not just the wherewithal, wherewithal but you live in a place where it's yeah. possible. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, we live in a... In Northern California, where there's plenty of food, yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, if you live in a place where there's a food desert, getting fresh vegetables delivered it can be really difficult. Right. My point or being if it is, snows for nine months of the year. Yeah, yeah. but even if um, if you have the ability to buy from a local CSA or a local uh, produce farmer or mm-hmm. whatever it is, a meat farmer, whatever it is. If you buy from that, you're actually protecting the local economy and the local food chain. And that actually has a benefit for other people that can't buy into those things. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a form of, I mean, that's a very broad form of protection magic, but yeah. that, that is also true. If you protect the place you live, not with guns and fences and Cascaria, but with, um, <laughs> Um, the, fences and yeah, but the way that you interact in your community, yeah. if you like your way of life as a witch and there is a local witch shop or bookseller that sells witchy books in your area, buy from them mm-hmm. because if you don't buy from them, their shop will close. Right. And then your access to information or community or whatever else that witch shop might have also goes away. Right. And it also disappears that from the local community uh, in a way that I think mainstream culture needs to see that there are witch shops or botanicas or, you know, whatever the particular. Now you're referring to the very uh, much contested activism within witchcraft. (laughs) Of? Well, uh, folks have a lot of feelings about whether activism is a part, should be a part of witchcraft and, and supporting local, all the things that you're talking about, that's activism. Yeah. Putting your, putting your money where your mouth is, is a form of activism. Right. Which is a form of protection because Um, when you don't speak up, um, then, you know, when you go silent, there are times to be silent, but when you speak up, you're also protecting your way of life, your right. beliefs, your community's beliefs. Right. So that's a form of protection magic. So yeah, voting is protection magic. Right. Or running for city government is protection magic. Yeah. Because uh, you're protecting, you're making sure that your voice or the people for whom you might represent who have less of a voice mm-hmm. or you have the opportunity to amplify their voice. Right. That is actually a form of protection magic. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we talk about that much. All right. I have one last little thing to talk about. With protection All right, magic. We are technically at time. Yeah. Fuck it, Tasha. We'll keep talking. Eh. Uh, deities, gods, mm-hmm. ancestors, mm-hmm. fae, spirits of place. I know we could do a whole show on that. Uh, okay, Phoenix, rapid fire question. Ah. You ready? Mm-hmm. Name three protection gods or goddesses. Well, there's no such thing as a protection <laughs> god or goddess. All right. Name three gods or goddesses that are often associated with protection. Hecate. Mm. 
Hecate. <laughs> <laughs> Hecate. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I, I mean, it's for different reasons. I think for sure Hecate. Um, I think Bridget, even though I don't know that everyone would see it that way. Well, especially in childbirth, right? Sure. Um, I personally often call upon Thor, or um, I know other folks work with Odin. Um, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with your personal relationship to it. Any god can be a protection god if you have the right relationship with them. Yeah. So just, you know, say a little bit more about... Um, the like, Morrigan. The Morrigan, right. So think about uh, why would you call on a particular deity. So if you were doing protection magic, you know, not all witches or pagans that do magic do magic that involves a deity, mm-hmm. right? They, they'll they do a spell, they do candle work, they'll do any of the number of the things that we've talked about this afternoon, putting soap in your teacups to poison your guests, mm-hmm. right? You can do all those kinds of things. Um, that has an actual physical, tangible reaction, mm-hmm. as well as a magical and energetic match, uh, reaction. And there are witches that also incorporate either um, because they believe in unseen forces or they're devoted to a particular mm-hmm. god or goddess or goddex, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're being. Um, so why would you incorporate? What's the benefit of having Thor or Hecate on mm-hmm. your side? Well, it's because that's a... a a spiritual relationship, right? Like just like you may have a friend who's big and burly, you know, when I used to go to the clubs with, with my little group of friends, there was one of us that was kind of the bruiser of the group. You? No, only when I drank a lot of tequila, then I thought I was the bruiser <laughs> of the group, but I'm really not. I've never been in a, a physical fight in my life, except with my little sister. And I don't think that counts. Um, anyway, but this person was like, our bruiser. She was our protector. She made sure no one messed with us. And if anyone got too close, she'd elbow him in the face, you know, stuff like that. I have a relationship with that human. So I know that if, if I need a bruiser, I can call upon her, right? It's the same with your spiritual allies with ancestors or Fae or the gods. They, you have a relationship with them. So I might not call upon Bridget for protection work because that's not how my relationship with Bridget functions, but someone else could. I'm, I wouldn't call upon the Morgan for protection work, although I know a lot of people who do, uh, but it's about my personal relationship with that God. So I am not a fan of, um, you know, a lot of, of magical books that have been written over the, the years, especially in the nineties are like, do this spell and invoke this God and here's your protection spell. I don't like that because that's, um, they're not at our beck and call. And get a Hecate out. Right. 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 They're not just going to show up and, on, and bestow you with invisibility because you did a ritual and called upon them. Like that's so, that's so human arrogance. So it is about relationships. So if you have a relationship with a deity already, then go to that deity first and say, I need protection work. How do I do it? Are you in on this? And that deity might go, here's what you do. Or they might go, yeah, that's not my bag. Here's who I suggest you work with. Or uh, if you don't work with deities and you're wanting to start developing a relationship, then start to do research on gods that are connected. You know, we're talking about protection, so I'm just going to follow that thread. But you could switch out the word protection for anything. 
look up gods that are connected. Go on Google. Google gods that are connected to protection and see what comes up. See if any of those are part of your blood lineage. See if any of those names create a little sparkle in your body that you want to read about. And just start following this. Well, you just have an affinity to. Yeah. You don't have to be. No, no, no. Uh, No, I just meant you don't. There is cultural. I don't even know the right word. You do not have to only work with gods of your lineage, but sometimes that's a good starting point. Sure. Yeah. Uh, because it's already in your blood. Yeah. But you don't have to stick to those gods. How fucking boring would that be? Right. Um, so it's, it's a good starting point. Uh, but then then you you develop a relationship. You know, you're not just going to go up to a stranger in the grocery store who's got huge muscles and be like, hey, I need you to beat this guy up. Here's a Snickers bar. You know, you, you're going to like talk to your friends first. I hope so. <laughs> hey, here's a Snickers. Will you beat that guy up? <laughs> I'd like to know the bruises in your life that will beat people up. For, you know, gods as offerings. Here's a cup of coffee. Will you beat that guy up? Here's, here's some, some rum. Here's some rum. Here's some whiskey. Go kick that guy's ass. Yeah. Here's a flower. Will you give me a right. million dollars, please? Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Here's, a, here's some bananas. <laughs> I always think of Ganesha with bananas. Anyway, so blah, blah, blah. You know, once you get me talking about gods, I'll never shut up. Right. But that can be a big part of it, right? You can you can create spells. You can um, wind in correspondences. And sometimes those correspondence, correspondences may also include gods yeah. or goddesses that you work with. Or ancestors. Or ancestors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you work with to help you through a situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Saints as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you're somebody that either practices hoodoo or, or you know, is a Christian or a Catholic or something like that, or right? any Afro-Caribbean tradition, pretty right. much, right, right. You or you just it. like saints because yeah. it's these are all spiritual allies. It's the same with animal allies. You know, I'm not saying go out and catch a falcon and use it in your protection work. In fact, Phoenix is very definitely saying. Don't go out and catch a falcon <laughs> and luck. use it in your spiritual work. Yeah, but incorporating like the energy, you know, like like you were saying actually, Gwen, at the beginning of all of this, where you turned yourself into a werewolf, right. it's the same idea. You might want to incorporate some of that ferocity into your protection magic, but yeah. and that a specific animal means to you, right. you know, like yeah. a, a lion or all the lions are lazy. You might want to be a lioness, right? Yeah. Anyhow. Well, there you go. Blah, blah, blah. Protection. Protection magic. All right. Last thing. Yeah. Uh, what's a quick and easy sort of all-purpose general protection spell? I hate it when you do that. I already told you. <laughs> <laughs> then you ask the questions put me on the spot. <laughs> you seem to like asking me questions. Yeah, so I just I like listening to you. For anyone that's still... <laughs> You know, hanging on and listening here. Sorry. I always say that Phoenix is one of my all-time favorite teachers. I'll take any class that she teaches. Um, she's my go-to resource. She's an amazing <laughs> witch. So, yeah, I do like asking you questions. I mean, I'm a pretty damn good witch, too, but I, you're better than me. That's all there is to it. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's true. No, seriously, I already said it. Like, my favorite protection spell is the one I got from Charles, which is the... the um foil and vapor rub because it's things that anyone has access to. It's fast. It's easy. It's 
get it done protection magic. And I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's my favorite. And if you don't have Vicks Vapor Rub, shame on you. No, if you don't have Vicks Vapor Rub, you could put in a piece of camphor if you've yeah, got it. Yeah, mothballs. Yeah, mothballs. You could put in cedar, which is often used for protection. Yeah, it's not quite as good. But right, no. right. I mean, you can get camphor at like a Walgreens type store yeah. for a buck. Right. You know, you can get camphor if, and, and really you can get a little pot of Vicks vapor rub at a dollar store, yeah. you know, so that these are also like inexpensive mm-hmm. spell crafting things. Yeah. Yeah. Can also use a uh, tobacco and a menthol cigarette because it's yeah. the menthol and then. Yeah. You know. Again, it's not quite as good, but you right. know, you do what you got to do. Use what you got. Yeah. Yeah. All right. On that note. I'm hungry and I want to have dinner. All right, so time for some food magic. Yay! Where's that dish soap? Just kidding. You're hilarious. I would never do I'll that. I'll be making my own dinner. You. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening into The Witches Next Door. Uh, we ran a little bit long, but there you have it, and there it is. Uh, we'll be back then with our next show, and we'll let you know what it's going to be about when we think about it 10 minutes before we go on the air. There you go. All right. Thanks for listening. See ya.